cliffcentral.com. Future CEOs on cliffcentral.com. Welcome to Future CEOs, where we really bring you you as close as we can to thought leaders, to industry experts, to executives, to CEOs. And why do we do that? Well, because we want to help you fast track your career and to grow your business. We've got a really interesting show lined up with two individuals who started businesses and have both turned them into multi-million rand ventures. It's an exciting show to be listening to. We will ask... Uh, uh, Leary, uh, we'll get you to introduce yourself in just a moment. At um, half time, at half past, we're going to be talking to an, an individual who he speaks about how you must make your your business structure as flat as possible. Why? So that you can get as close to your customers as possible. Leary, how does that sound to you? It sounds yeah. fairly reasonable and, and logical, right? Very logical and, and, and very... Uh, practical as well because anyone wants to be close to your customers as possible so that you're able to change the shape or direction because the customers give you feedback as as possible. Yeah, and I I guess it's it's one of the challenges of large corporate entities, isn't it, that there's so much strata, there's so much depth there, which which makes them work, but also it's a it's a slow moving ship. Correct. So small small enterprises have the ability to move quicker. Exactly. Because they've got a slower, flatter structure. Exactly. Now that's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, at half past, Larry, who are you, and what are we talking to you about here? Please introduce yourself to our future CEOs community. Right, my name is Larry Mosiani. I'm. Um, by the way, you're not you're not allowed to be too modest. You're allowed to brag. <laughs> and brag, brag, you, you must. Uh, Otherwise, we're going to get it out of you. Yeah, maybe you should get it out of me because it's very difficult for me to do that. Okay. Um. So I'm Larry Mosiani. Um. I'm, I'm considered an entrepreneur because I converted something small into something extraordinary. So I suppose I will accept part of that. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Cape Town. All right. Um, well, I suppose I stumbled into shoe shining because mm. um, I was just struggling at the time and needed something to make ends meet. And uh, from multiple failures, I needed something simple and straightforward mm. that I can grow and just stabilize me. And yeah, today I'm called an entrepreneur. It's interesting. So uh, there's so many of, of our listeners out there uh, uh, who are listening right now, but then so many beyond that who are, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think I heard you say that you were actually a subsistence entrepreneur, right? You, you started a business. Why? Because you needed the, you needed the income. Correct. So my, my whole reason to, sh- to start a shoeshine business was to sub- sub- subsidize myself, yes. just to stabilize my life. Yep. And it just surprised me, mm. you know, in, in this um, ability to turn over income. Now, that, that, that must sound familiar to many, many people out there uh, because it isn't a, a strange thing. But what is unusual, perhaps, in maybe a difficult economic environment is to turn it into something that has multiples in terms of millions of rands of, of turnover as you do. Let's um, start with you a little bit. Then we'll talk about the business and some of, some of the lessons there. Yeah. And then we'll come back to you again because you're a very important person. You, you really empowered that journey. Just let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. You're an only child. You have multiple siblings. Tell us a little bit about that because that really shaped you. Right, correct. So I am um, born and bred in Cape Town. Okay. Uh, first born um, of what? Only son of, of four of, of four siblings. All right. And the first born as well. Well, um, that makes us uh, very very similar and in a privileged <laughs> position because it's nice to have yeah. sisters, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And um, the gap. My younger sister is like ten years. 
So clearly my parents were like, oops, what did we do? <laughs> and, <laughs> Sorry, 10 years later, <laughs> and 10 years later, they were like, okay, we will stay enough now. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so I, um, I grew up believing that most of my uncles and, um, and my mother's siblings were my, were my siblings. And I was surprised then later on when I realized they were actually my uncles. Yeah. Yeah. But I, we still have that close bond up to today because they all regard me as part of the family. Well, imagine they're surprised when the, this young guy comes to them and says, Hey, hey, sis, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I still call <laughs> like, him no, my first name as well. Yeah. I forgot. I don't even call him uncle. I call his first name for everyone. So, 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 so you've got quite a, you know, a, a large family. How did that help with you developing your, you as an entrepreneur? So on my father's side of the family, primarily, they're the ones who are entrepreneurs. Okay. They own taxi taxis. Oh, right. Multiple taxes, so okay. they were quite, well, quite well off because of that, and uh, storekeepers, shop, shop owners as well. So they were that. So when since I was like four or five years old, I was I get a car picking me up from school, dropping mm. me off. Oh, my grandfather was the one who was doing that all mm. the time, because mm. um, I think I remember I was his first grandson, and uh, my complexion and my eyes we mm. look alike. Okay, all of his other children didn't look like him. So when I when I came along, I said, "Ha, my ah. son!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he just spoils me. So he picked me up, dropped me off. And um, I didn't know the difference between, I didn't consider myself poor or anything like that because mm. I didn't understand what, what it meant because sure. at the time I was growing up, it was like in the 80s, so I didn't know, I not really met white people yet because oh, wow. all my schools were in, in yeah. the township, yeah. right? Yeah. So I couldn't tell the difference. Then mm. It was only then when I began exposed by television and I saw what affluence and wealth was, mm. then I began to really scale myself. I'm like, oh, maybe we're poor. Oh, maybe we're while I was growing up, I really didn't think of that. Now, let's quickly talk about that for a moment because I am concerned that too many people, especially with the social media uh, presence that there is, it's all, all pervading. It's everywhere. Correct. Uh, too many people are comparing themselves. How Correct. did you deal with that comparison? Because, of course, we can't run away from the fact that you and I still compare ourselves to other people right now, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is if we allow it to become a, a bad thing. How did you not allow it to be a bad thing in your life or did you allow it for a time and then had to overcome it? Correct. So um, I had a good friend we, mm. we grew up with and his father was a principal and he took him to private schools. Okay. Right. And then when he came back, he told me of these wonderful stories of how it's a different world where he lived in because he was interacting with white people and he went to big things and I couldn't understand what was this. It was only then that I began, began to understand the difference of my life and his life. Mm. And um, then I began to to class myself okay. in that way. Maybe I'm not as privileged as I thought. Until, of course, in Sunday 8, which is grade 8 now, Sunday 6, which is grade 8 sure, now, yeah. I went to his same, same schools. And I realized it's the same difference, really. Mm. You know, it's only just complexion that's really the difference. And I'm a little spotted than other white people, too. You know, if I'm black and my first language is Tosa and I get to the school, I beat you in English. Yeah. Maybe you're not so smart as, as, as smart as you think you are. Okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that began to to balance the issues, mm. right? I mean, I went to Jewish school in Cape Town, so C Point High. Okay. I went there, um, enjoyed it for the most part. You know, it was wonderful. I was, I was mainly a sportsman, so what people call jocks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. So play squash, rugby, cricket, Lovely. tennis. And colors going down my 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 my, my jacket. Yeah, I did well the, for the me. braiding, the fantastic. Correct, because but but what it did though for me was it gave me confidence. You know, yes. I I knew yes. then like I could compete with everyone. Mm. Right, I could. Doesn't matter where you put me, I could do that. However, going back to the point which talks to how do I allow myself not to be too 
demeaning to self because of yeah. how I see. So yes, I try to, to teach this to my children and say to them, that when you watch Kim Kardashian, it makes you feel you can accomplish amazing things very easily without having any talent, without mm. having any real thing to offer the world. Mm. That's wrong. Exactly. So I'm nice. concerned of you watching those things because you don't understand that life is about hard work, planning, development, and growing. No, even my inches, but growth is growth. Right, it's context, isn't it? It is because the Kardashians, we at least understand that there's context, something behind that that has allowed them to have that privilege. Because it is a privilege, and they use it well. Yeah. But unfortunately, what what maybe our kids or a a different kind of generation are seeing is just a one-dimensional picture. When there's a lot of depth that that you can't really see. They think it's only prettiness that makes them that. Mm. If I'm pretty enough and I'm popular enough, that translates too. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It doesn't like there's more value that is required in life in order for you to become successful. So let me let me jump in here and when was a time that you were challenged on this particular point? But let's not go to you personally, let's talk about now the business. <clears throat> Did you ever have this kind of um feeling that you just weren't quite making it and you were comparing yourself to the wrong business? And just tell us about that experience. Uh Jesus. Um so my family we're preparing me to be a pilot, mm. right? So I went to the right schools. I heard about this. Um, yeah. And right. you, you did one flight? No, no, I did, I did multiple hours. I, uh, okay. I, I had about 25 hours uh, okay, of, okay. Of, of, of the pre-pilot school. Yes. But I went to, I did my matric twice. Okay. The first time I did, I passed normally like a, a chocolate with an S. <laughs> <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> enough, yeah. I did it again, right? And this time I wanted to increase my maths, English, and science marks. Mm. So I did it well. So I got a, I think I'm going C's with all those subjects. Then I was qualifying to become in a, in a cadet scheme with the SAA. Yes. But every time I applied, I didn't make it, but I put money aside so I could fly on my own. So I flew on my own. And then later on, when I did not enjoy SAA and didn't enjoy the pilot thing as well, I stopped. Then my family organized that I, um, I meet a family friend who yes. was trying to get me to, to go into oil. So I did a course at uh, Oxford and Princeton in, in crude oil trading. Interesting. Did that as well. So then I was going to be a trader. And when that didn't work out, um, I wanted to do some PE deals because I, I knew the right people mm. and yeah. that yeah. wasn't happening. That was not working, working very well. So then I took my pension money and I bought a franchise. You- Pension money. Pension money from wow. SAA. Okay. Pension money for the franchise. That collapsed. And then I bump, stumbled over the Shushan thing. Mm. Now, you must imagine my, my parents, my wife's family, uh, married dead at the time, but we, we were serious. Yes. I come to them and I say, I want to be a Shushaner. Their disappointment. Yes. My father was like, dude, I spent so much money in with you, on you, mm. for you to want to go shine shoes. But hold on. Did you see... Uh, the scalability of it, it, it so no. did, it, did it grip you or not at all at the time I didn't see the scalability but I, I saw there was some sort of freedom mm. right from what I was doing and well, well at the time I was telling my parents I'd seen it already but I did the numbers right because by the time I had multiple failures so I could work the numbers out of my head sure. and I went to Msawombu Youth Fund and they, they actually did the numbers for me mm. on a spreadsheet that's very nice and I could see then I could <laughs> see then the actual numbers right Yeah. so that gave me then the courage Right to tell everyone that even though you might look at me and say I'm not designed to go to be shoe shiner, mm. but I am practically am because I was prepared before this with yes. all the other failures that was able to be expen- ex- expensive business opportunities or opportunities into the world. 
but this is particularly would work well for me because it suits my personality and my character. Let's talk about that for a moment, though, because you have highlighted a number of failures. Often failure is a tab- taboo word over in America where uh, venture capital seems to be flowing from the sky. <laughs> in just uh, this, this mass of, of money that's uh, Failure is an, a very important part of an entrepreneurial journey To a venture capitalist there. If you haven't failed, apparently they don't want you Correct uh, How do you feel like failure has prepared Or did prepare you for this role? What, what exactly did it give you? It gave me strength Okay, what, what kind of strength? Of, of self-awareness Okay Right So if you're in love with it don't go for it. Mm. It might make sense in, 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 with the numbers, but if you're not in love with it, you must understand he has got, he's got his own problems with it. So I don't want to jump around too much, but are you saying to me that you were in love with shoe shining? I fell in love with it completely. You fell in love with it. Interesting. Com- Interesting. Well, completely. We won't go there yet. You were talking about the lessons that failure has offered, yeah. offered you. So, so the kind of lessons that I'm self-aware now, right? I know that even if I fall down, I can rebuild myself. Mm. Of course, I'm afraid of failure. Sure. But I know that if I fail, I can build myself up, mm. right? I'm I'm capable of doing that. But when I failed the first time, it was horrific. I can imagine. Uh, it was uh, horrific. But, but is it uh, because it's all encompassing, isn't it? So yeah. being an entrepreneur, a startup entrepreneur, so it's your baby. You're emotionally, mentally, sometimes spiritually involved Com- with this completely. thing. Completely and spiritually helps as well, right? Spiritually helps as well. And and look, you need failure because it's part of the school uh, school fees one has, needs, to, needs to pay in order for one to go forward. If you don't fail and, and fail forward, you know... That's, you, that's you, the term. You never... It? Yeah, this is the this term because it's called failing forward. Mm. You need to fail and stop, pick up the pieces that were working and leave those that didn't work. Be aware of the pieces that were not working. It's important to know. So stop, look back, pick those that were working and be aware of those that didn't work and move forward with those that worked. Here's a nice question around your failures. How many of your failures were you, and how many of your failures were just sometimes bad luck or poor preparation, whatever it is within the business? How many were you actually? I think a bit of both. Uh, of course, a bit of both. <laughs> uh, the, the, the first one, if you remember it, or was it you? So the first one was a business. Okay. It was a wrong business. Okay. It was a supply business. Yes. Supply business are rubbish businesses because you give credit to third parties. Right. Good point. Yeah. yeah, so it's a rubbish business. Second one, it was... Um, the structure, right? And it was not a way of the layout of funding structure. Okay. So I bought the business and I was funding entrepreneurs. Well, entrepreneurs were buying the, 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 the business, but the, the product from, from me mm. in order for them to become entrepreneurs. However, a third party needed to fund them. And okay. because the, the asset that we were buying was, was, was mobile, then the people who were funding them didn't have an, an, a, what do you call this? Um, Surety yes, yes. for that. So any kind of collateral, yeah. No, there was no collateral because the entrepreneurs themselves were, were, were black and African and didn't have any collateral for that. Mm. And that didn't work because of that. Which is interesting. Right. So your business is then very reliant on something external. Correct. But, yeah, that, Correct. I mean, Correct. There's so many interesting lessons Correct. to learn from failure. Yeah. I think that's what I'm trying to pull out here yeah. is that these lessons then have brought you to a point where now let's talk about your, the business and the business journey. Yeah, there's a shoe shine. Opportunity that you grab hold onto. How do you fall in love with it, and how do you scale it? Talk us through that, please. All right, falling in love with it is simple. <laughs> if the first month you were you were intending to make about three and a half thousand, you make twelve. 
great business. Yeah, but, I'm just telling okay, you, 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 you fall in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, I hear uh, you. But also, I'm a, I'm a people's person, okay. right? So the shoe shine business is really about people. It is. It's so very, it's, uh, very, it's almost very personal, correct, isn't it? Because correct, I mean, correct. you you shine my shoes wrong, I'm going to be quite upset. Exactly. Because it's so close to me. And and also, but initially we we had called the business Airport Shoe Shine. Okay. And people were not relating to that name at all. The people who were coming to me were asking me a simple question often as well until I changed it. I said, who is airport? Mm. So I didn't know airport was. I mean, this is the airport. No, no, no. Yeah. I come here to engage with Leary. Mm. I don't come here to interact with the airport. Well, and this was coming from your clients? My clients were telling me that. Interesting. And then I changed the name then to Leary Shushan Experience. Exactly. Because they were, they were the one who were leading me to that direction. They were saying, I'm here to have a Leary experience. Mm. Right? Then I changed then to Leary Shushan Experience. Because it's an experience that we're engaging with. It's not just shining of shoes because shoes are black and white or brown. Sure. And um, then the, that doesn't change. But the interaction is the one that's the quality. And the customers were coming for the quality. And once I recognized that, then I put that into my name. And then I, I, I imbued that into my stuff. Now, I just want to go, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you again, and I apologize for that. The, the, I want to know how you got into your, the airport the first time. How did you get an opportunity in an airport? And that's what our listeners are wondering. How the heck did he do it? Because now you're in all sorts of different airports. You've signed over, I think, 14,000, 15,000 shoes. Is that a pair yeah, of shoes? Yeah, over that. So, uh, a little bit more than that. M- more than that. So more my, that. my information is old. Yeah. Uh, but, but how did you get your first pair of shoes in an, in an airport? Uh, so What did you do? Um... So because my the guy the the, the B guy I worked for I knew the airport the airport trailer manager mm. um, I went out I got an appointment to see him so I think I went to see him in November right in 2002 and uh, the guy liked the idea and then said no my retail manager is coming in February so go see them in February so February came which Kai, is a long time to be waiting yeah. November until February yeah. especially when you want to use this a opportunity. simple thing like a shoe shine shining yeah. business right so the February came February and then I went and presented to the retail manager. Loved it, Kevin. Loved the business. Said, okay, cool. I must wait for the tender committee. It's this in May. Oh, wow. Right. May came and the tender committee liked it, but the general manager was away. So they had to wait for him. He was coming back in August. Mm. So he came back, signed the contract. Then they had to go and, and it would be approved by the airport committee. Yeah. Airport committee came and only in November. The following a year. year later. You got to be in love with your business. By that time, I was falling apart. I had to sell my car to save my house. I had to ask my girlfriend to move in with me because she was working. I was not. Yeah. And uh, it was crazy. And you know, people were looking at me thinking I'm a loser. And um, in fact, on the day I was supposed to start the Shushan business, I had all my mentors said, oh, lend me money to buy the chairs. Mm. And um, the day came and the guy had already built the chairs. When I was calling them to say, but can I have that 10,000 you tell them to give me? Mm. Didn't come back to me. Oh, wow. I called, my, I, I called everyone. My uncle, no one came. I had to go to my house, take the fridge, Take the television, take the radio, go, go sell them at cash converters. Uh, but this is, of course, while your girlfriend's at work. Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you would have been in some serious exactly. trouble. Like and, conversation and maybe, there. yeah, we wouldn't yeah. be talking today. <laughs> okay, fascinating. And then, so, so that gets you your first chair, gets you your first opportunity. Then how did you suddenly feel like this was a business you could scale? When did you realize that? All right. So when, when on, the, on the first month, we, I was aiming for three. Right, and my and my one employee who was my manager who was running international, I was as a domestic. I I was aiming for three, and then I got twelve. Okay. And I could pay him his two thousand rands, and I was left with ten thousand. I could buy another chair and put next to, next to me. Now I want to stop us right there. There are way too many 
entrepreneurs or so-called entrepreneurs. I would say that you're probably not an entrepreneur if you do it any other way than what you've just des- described. The that take that money and they see, wow, it's time to buy some nice shoes. I mean, we're talking about shoes shine here today. So time to buy some nice shoes or a nice watch. That doesn't make you an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is a multiplier, I think. Correct. I think that that's really at the heart of what we do, isn't it? Correct. And and so you took the money that the profits and you reinvested into the business. Correct. You, you saw it and you made it happen. And I like that point. Thank you for sharing. Correct. Because thank you very much for highlighting that because I was not. So for me, once once I grew to second business, the clientele grew. Mm. It's like wow. So I moved from twelve to eighteen. Then I put another chair. Then I put another chair. And then the more capacity grew, the more customers I had. I, I saw. Lucky for me, the, one of my customers said. Um, SAB Kickstart had a um, a competition yes. right for entrepreneurs, so I, I brought actually the application to me. Oh wow! Said here that, that that's the miracle of having really personal yeah, close conversations exactly, with yeah. your customers, especially yeah. frequent flyers. Correct. So I mean, you must see some really top executives who are flying around the country on a very regular basis. Correct. I mean, all of my mentors now um, are more senior people mm. in, in in organizations because I engage with them firsthand. Right. I mean, they saw me at the airport. So we grow from one airport to two airports to three airports. Very nice. And, and also my growth was mainly because of my conversations with them, right? Because they're the ones who were guiding me, trying to, how's your mind? Yes. How's, how you, yes. I, I, what are you reading? Asking you just the right questions Correct. to stimulate the right thoughts. Correct. And what are you reading as well, right? Because they said, so they said, how do you understand us, Leary, right? Your customers. Mm. And I didn't have a, a real good answer. said, read this. Mm. Business day, read financial mail. But I don't understand the things that are in there. So don't worry. Just read it every day religiously. Yeah. So the curve went. I knew nothing. But the curve went as a couple of months went, three months went. I knew a lot because then I was reading consistently. And anything I didn't know, I would ask them. Yeah. And they'll give me feedback yeah, exactly. or background. And, and, and what a conversation to strike up. Hey, did you hear about breakfast? No, breakfast. Brexit. <laughs> exactly. You know, while you're busy polishing shoes and, and yes. then suddenly it's something relatable. Correct. Oh, beautiful. And, 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 and I understand the underlying issues beneath Brexit yeah, yeah. and I understand the implications then. How... Britain will be affected by re- removing himself from, 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 from there. I love that thought. You're busy shining the CEO's shoes. So, well, Mr. CEO, didn't, did you think about it this way? Yeah. Because you do understand. Exactly. And Fantastic. A guy, and a guy who, who is important to, 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 to Europe, right? And I'm saying, how did it affect you? Mm. And he's like, how do I know? It will affect you because the value has changed. Or if you, if, if you're, if you are based in, in the UK and, and, and you have a business in South Africa, it affects you directly. Now, just very, very quickly to our listeners, this really goes to the heart of what we're going to be discussing in the next half hour, which is this very um, shallow or or, uh, not so deep structure that allows you to get as close to your customers as possible. Let's quickly, I need to ask you a question about how you've been able to get now your employees to do the same thing. Do they do the same thing? How have you been able to get them to connect with your customers quite like you do? Because no one can do it quite like you, right? See, that's a quiet part. I didn't mm-hmm. understand what is a quiet. That's important. So when, when initially when I was trying to get uh, entrepreneurs to be like me, I tried to get them to, uh, to love the things I love. So I love the financial world. Mm. I love the structure of the economy, micro, macro, how those things work. I enjoy those things. But I realized when the guys were coming to shine shoes, but not that quality guy. Yes. However, there were the guys who liked soccer, who liked rugby, who liked family stuff, who could engage at that level. And the only thing that's that's common throughout everyone, whether you're a CEO or the guy who cleans the bathroom, we all have family. 
we all enjoy sport, we all South African. Mm. And that's important. So yes. my guys engage at that level. Uh, and, a human and, level, and it's, it's, that level. It's very important to get them to go to where their strengths are. Correct. If we try and push Correct. them in the wrong direction, they're going to be found out, and it's just going to it's going to cause yeah. a, a a rift instead yeah. of and they a were, connection. They, they were rebelling when I was feeding them financial mail. They were like rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I was like business day, like this is good stuff. They're like rubbish. Leave me alone. Okay, uh, very, very interesting. You should have made that one of your kill questions uh, in your employee. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, let's just quickly go to how many then pairs of shoes have you done? So my information is old. Just tell us, uh, blow, uh, blow us away here because you're doing hundreds of or thousands of shoes every month. I mean, and that's a that's a significant thing to think about. Yeah, a thousand different connections with with senior executives, perhaps every single month. That's amazing. Yeah, we do. Jesus, huge. We do about three hundred thousand shoes. Three hundred thousand a year. What was what was I reading? Maybe maybe that's a monthly thing that I was. uh, I've just misread. Wow. Okay. Three hundred thousand. We do two thousand a year throughout. But uh, but again, what's so remarkable about that is that it's not three hundred thousand pairs of shoes. It's three hundred thousand conversations. Correct. That is a remarkable, remarkable thing. There's a wealth of knowledge there. Correct. That um, I think I'm very jealous of (laughs) right now. Yeah. Okay. it's, it sounds fantastic, and congratulations, well done. Uh, and uh, you really are a example of what entrepreneurship is or can be for all of us. Thank you, thank you so very much. Thank you very much, Greg. But I do want to ask you a couple of questions before we we've got a couple of minutes, and I want to ask you about your, your biggest failure, your absolute biggest failure, the biggest mistake that you made early on with with this business. Maybe we can wrap the conversation up on this idea that. Well, actually, mistakes can lead you somewhere. What was that, and what did you learn? My biggest mistake was being aggressive in my growth. Okay, right. too aggressive. Um, right? Too aggressive. Right. We we grew from three airports to about twelve airports, and that was killing the business. Mm. Um, in the, what way? Ate the cash flow. Just cash flow, yeah. Yeah. So ate the cash flow completely, right? I think I thank God for airports companies. Sometimes they gave me some leeway. Mm. Uh, I think they were at, at six months of not paying the rent, and they let me go. And um, only six months later, dude, I began then to pay. After I had to kill, I had twelve, so I had to kill, <laughs> I had to kill nine airports. Interesting. Wow. So you had to go all the way back to down, down to three. To three airports that we were called, and the other ones were which is rubbish. Um, was it was it an ego thing at that point? Do you think? No. Or, or was it just 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 maybe bad planning? Yeah, bad, bad planning, bad, naivety bad, bad, as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with naivety, yeah. but you just can't be naive twice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's that's the problem. Okay. Yeah. Well, our future CEOs are listening, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're in, as impressed with you as as I certainly am. Uh, a final message, a final word to our future CEOs community, please, Larry. Um, I think business is about community. Um, if you, the more successful you are, the more co- you build community. So I try to build businesses that are developmental, community-wise, mm. and then it's responsible in terms of how it fits itself in the community because we are social animals, and um, business must must be aware that that it doesn't it doesn't exist only for income mm. or for for amazing um, rate of return. It, it exists to develop social structure. And that's really what I would tell all the CEOs that 
or makes us to develop socially. No, no. Well, thank you so very much because that is such an important message. And it's difficult. Uh, go back a few years to when the business was small and, and it was no, maybe um, October or November um, when you were feeling the pinch. And you don't think that way. You don't think, okay, let's be socially responsible. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking, damn it, I need that income. But, so true. A, but yeah. as you go yeah. forward, you must structure carefully. You must structure Correct. the way that, that you need to. Thank you so very much for being on the Thank show. We much, really Kyle. appreciate it. It's a fantastic conversation. Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Up next, after the break, we're going to be talking to Jason Ray, the founder of Radar. Cliffcentral.com.